content warning for very basic dystopian plot line with a girl who only has a massive amount of power and acts like she has none and there's this love triangle and everybody's in love with we'll her. get into it we'll get into it <laughs> she can't see her own beauty because she hasn't looked in the mirror in three years so basically every 2012 YA novel ever oh my god please Hello, and welcome to Young Adult Adult Reviews, where two youngish adults review books meant for much younger adults. Or children. I'm Honor. And I'm Chloe, and this week we are discussing Shatter Me by Tahara Mafi. And if you haven't read it yet, here's the spoiler warning. Also, thanks to KendraHope.x on Spotify for the request. Oh, I also, didn't... This, is, this is part one. Part of... one of our second two-parter series. And we're going to say content warnings for abuse for this one. Juliet has been in an insane asylum for almost an entire year. To say that she's starting to lose it is an understatement. The world as we know it has changed. A regime called the reestablishment has overtaken the country and they want to control everything from the language we speak to the media people consume. Not that it matters to Juliet in her cell. Juliet's life changes one day when she gets a roommate, a boy named Adam, who is inexplicably familiar to her. After a rocky start, Juliet reveals to Adam that he cannot touch her or else he will die, something she had to learn the hard way, as killing a toddler is what landed her in the asylum in the first place. Fuck. (laughs) Suddenly, Juliet finds herself being taken out of captivity by the military. Adam comes with her. It turns out he was a soldier playing double agent. Warner is the young soldier who is leader of Sector 45. He has an obsessive interest in Juliet, and he wants to use her to aid the reestablishment, presumably as a killing machine. Warner is a total tool. He subjects Juliet to all kinds of horrors, including threatening a toddler and forcing her to use her power on others, also making her wear dresses. Though it's kind of nice, because Adam is assigned as her personal guard. Juliet realizes that Adam was her childhood friend who had an asshole drunk for a father. He was the first person who was ever nice to her, and even more of a surprise, he is the only person who has ever been able to touch her. Needless to say, Juliet and Adam start loving on each other pretty hardcore. Eventually, they both escape to an apartment that Adam keeps in secret with his little brother. Kenji Kishimoto, another soldier, arrives, saying that Warner tortured him for information. He tries to help Juliet and Adam escape to somewhere else, but they get separated as Warner kidnaps Juliet and Adam. Here, Warner kisses Juliet and tells her that he loves her. Looks like Adam isn't the only person who can withstand Juliet's murder touch. Juliet plays along for long enough to get his gun and shoot him. She finds Adam in a slaughterhouse, and as they reunite with Kenji, they escape to a rebellion organization known as Omega Point. Omega Point is basically the X-Men, and good news, Juliet is one of them. They join the rebellion and plot to take down the reestablishment. Book two. Castle's the leader of Omega Point, and he is peeved at Juliet for not taking enough initiative in her new post. Juliet trains with Kenji to try and get her powers under control, but she also discovers that Adam can touch her because he also has superhuman abilities. He can cancel out others' powers, which is why he can touch Juliet. Oh no, trouble in paradise. Juliet's presence is still really draining on Adam, so she breaks things off. Because she loves him, for his own safety. Because when the things get hard in life, you, you get drop them. up. <laughs> <laughs> Meanwhile, the Supreme Commander Anderson, who is Warner's dad, has arrived in Sector 45 and has taken members of Omega Point hostage. Juliet has to meet with him to get them back. Kenji and Adam come along as backup. Warner's dad is a huge asshole. He reveals that Warner asked for Juliet, then tries to make Warner shoot her just to fuck with him. Juliet flips the script and shoots Anderson in the legs. Kenji stops her from killing him, boo, because the time isn't right. Boo. He sedates Warner and Omega Point takes him hostage. Meanwhile, Adam drops the bomb that Commander Anderson is his father. While Warner is in captivity, they discover that he is probably also someone with mutant abilities. Castle lets him roam the compound because of this, and also Anderson doesn't really care they're holding Warner hostage. They won't get any info from him. Warner can take others' abilities, which is why he can touch Juliet. They cancel each other out. Adam is furious, even though they aren't even really a thing anymore. Also, he won't tell Warner that they're brothers, because he's petty. Warner wants to leave the compound, but he wants to take Juliet with him. They share a passionate tryst, but she decides to stay, conflicted about her feelings on Adam. 
The next day, Omega Point goes to war with the reestablishment. Juliet gets separated from Adam and Kenji in the fray, kidnapped by Anderson. He shoots her in the chest, and she would have died if Warner had not borrowed healing powers to save her life. When Juliet wakes up, she is not afraid of herself anymore. She wants to destroy the reestablishment. Book three. Warner tells Juliet that the reestablishment raised Omega Point to the ground. Everyone is dead. Heartbroken, she begins to see a new side of Warner. It turns out, Warner didn't tell Juliet that what he was actually doing wasn't so bad. For example, the toddler was a simulation, the man he shot point-blank was abusing his family, and for the dresses he made Juliet wear, the man loves fashion. Is that such a crime? Also, he has mommy and daddy issues. Aaron Chanel Boots Warner is all I'm saying. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> yeah, because what does toxicity matter if he had good reasons for it, right? If he has good shoes. <laughs> if dress nice, not male manipulator. I saw this TikTok that was like, would your favorite book boyfriend use three-in-one shampoo? <laughs> Warner, absolutely said, not. Yeah, literally someone was like, Warner could never. And then they had the little nail polish like emoji. <laughs> <laughs> we'll get to that later. Juliet finds Kenji in the wasteland, and she tells him almost everything about what had happened while she was gone. There are only nine members of Omega Point left. Thank God Adam is one of them. Reunited with her friends, Warner appears. While everyone is apprehensive at first, he makes some great offers, and everyone wants to join him. Everyone, that is, except for Adam. Adam is pissed. He tells Juliet to drop dead. She calls for Warner, and everyone leaves Adam and James behind while they formulate a plan on how to beat the reestablishment. Eventually, Adam comes around, but just because he needs to feed his little brother. Adam's like, I love you. Die. (laughs) Warner and Juliet fall madly, truly, deeply in love, and they just start fucking, like, all the time. Adam also finally admits to Warner that he's his brother, and Warner takes it surprisingly well. Juliet and Warner rile up all the soldiers in Sector 45, enough so that Anderson comes to take a look. Juliet eventually faces off against him and shoots him twice. Two shots for the two sons he fucked over. Juliet declares herself the new leader of this government, whatever that means. She knows the road ahead will be war-torn and far from easy. And with that, book three comes to an end. Honestly, for a girl that spent two and a half books crying in each love interest's arms every two seconds i love that she goes you know what i could totally run a government (laughs) yeah we'll get to that honor (laughs) what did you think of this book i flip-flopped a lot between enjoying it and going what is this right now i'm in an enjoying it moment because good for her she was very badass at the end of the book but also she immediately went into warner's arms it was like oh it was so difficult which like true fair it was but also so like, true bestie. girl, girl. <laughs> what were some parts that you enjoyed overall i love kenji kenji oh my god so true i love kenji 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 was the (laughs) only person with like two brain cells in this series i feel like oh my god literally i did like some of the moments where they showed like juliet's kind of insane thoughts where she's just so mind flitty like her Mm -hmm. just she's not there but it's fun it was like winter in marissa meyer's book except that while they're both innocent and slightly crazy One of them is actually smart. (laughs) We won't say which one. (laughs) What did you think about this book? So from what I got from your explanation, you liked the prose. At moments. I fucking hated it. (laughs) I saw someone on TikTok say that the prose was so purple, it stopped making sense. And I was like, oh, it can't be that bad. It was that bad. It was that bad. The thing that got me right is she has this very quirky nature, very like I'm not all there mentally state all the way up until she falls in love and then she's fine. And then she, and then the start of the second book, they're like, oh, we have to bring back the slightly crazy. So they bring it back and then she's fine. <laughs> it's like, stop it. And then in the third book, they've all but abandoned it. Yeah, uh, it's like nowhere in there, which it's probably a good thing. Oh my god, right. Because it starts out like this super interesting, like the whole gimmick is that you're reading it and certain phrases are crossed out and she's really repetitive about certain things. And she kind of credits that to the state of mind of Juliet at the time, but then she like doesn't stick with it throughout the book. And it's just kind of like something that goes away, which I get that she was probably going crazy due to her isolation. 
And after she wasn't isolated anymore, it wasn't that big of a deal, but they don't really dwell on the damage that did to her in the long run or how that really got resolved. She just like started talking to people again and everything was okay. She just gets better. Yeah. She just gets better. Oh, I'm magically fine. I'm not confined anymore. You know what? Maybe my therapist was right and I should just go take a walk (laughs) and everything will be better and I'll be cured. Go go take a walk. Right Juliet <laughs> went and took a walk and her depression got cured no literally she went outside and she's like look there's no sunshine because we're in a dystopian environment right now and everything is dark and cloudy but oh my god it's so beautiful and breathing in the dirty air is just the so small <laughs> she literally said that she's like even though the air's not clean it's so refreshing to have this <laughs> Me walking outside anytime it <laughs> rains in Arizona. But I think the moment where the prose like absolutely lost me was somewhere in book two. She's like trying to befriend the only two women that she knows. <laughs> and she's like, I'm not full of adjectives or verbs or anything else. I'm full of nouns, bursting full of nouns. And she like called herself a noun <laughs> and she thought it was like a breakthrough. And I was like, girl, you are a noun. I don't know what to tell you. Everyone's a noun. And I did. It's like, oh, she's losing her mind. I fucking hated it. You know what? Even when the gimmick started to lose me, which this wasn't very good. I think it was like whatever chapter just started with, I'm not insane a million times and then crossed it out because I was listening to the audio book. So if that was annoying to like look at, just think about how annoying it was to hear. Because you can't skip over it. Because I don't know when it's going to start up again. And I was just like, oh my God, when is it going to end? I swear to God, it lasted for like a minute. And I was listening to it on 3.5 speed. <laughs> I do like that at least the narrator like changed it up slightly. So she's like, I'm not insane. I'm not insane. You know, like it wasn't just monotone the whole way through because that would have been death. I'm not insane. <laughs> emphasis on the different words the way the audiobook handled the crossing out kind of thing was really nice because it had like a pencil strike through after Mm -hmm. the phrases that were to be crossed out and I thought that was a really interesting way to handle that challenge because it is like the gimmick of the book yeah the prose just was not doing it for me I do think it was appropriate for the character in the world but I hated it. Like you said, Kenji was everything. I do believe that man is gay. From the moment he like stumbled into Warner's apartment. I know we met him technically before then, but he didn't really talk too much. From the moment he stumbled into Warner's apartment. I know that man is gay. I do not have any proof. Well, I do have some evidence, but it's me probably just like fishing. For me, it's the amount of willingness that he has to talk about Juliet's boyfriend options. I'm just saying most straight men would never. For me, it was the conversation with James about where James is like, why don't you just get a girlfriend? He's like, nah. I mean, to be fair, there's not a lot of options. I think that's a good segue to how this series passes the Bechdel test. (laughs) (laughs) It's like one moment in book two where she's talking to Sarah and Sonia, which they're the healer twin characters. And it's so fucking annoying because, hey, just because they're twins, why do they have the same power? Warner and Adam are brothers and they don't have the same powers, you know? Okay, two things for that. They have similar powers. One takes powers, one stops powers. And two, they had different mothers. The twins had the same parents. I mean, I guess that's fair, but I also don't like how she makes them talk together. If I were a twin and I were reading that, I'd be annoyed as fuck. I'd be like, oh, so you think that it's like that? I don't know. I would just be so annoyed if I was a twin reading that every time they were on the page because I was annoyed. And I'm not even a twin. So <laughs> imagine someone who might actually take personal offense to how they're being depicted. I'm not saying that twins would necessarily take offense because it is a very popular uh, trope in media. But but it's still annoying. Oh my God, it was so annoying. They would like finish each other's sentences. And I'm like, I'm sorry. I didn't know their power was telekinesis. I thought that was fucking Professor X over there. Going off the fucking similarities to X-Men. Castle literally has psychokinesis. He's literally Professor X literally all he needs is a fucking wheelchair and he'd be there we just don't have an actual wolverine dang it we don't have a wolverine but we do have a rogue but we got like the walmart rogue (laughs) juliet is walmart rogue he's missing the streak in her hair dude she wouldn't be as pretty then and perfect and small and little and and 
so small and little and in need of protection until she decides, wow, I actually know how to use my powers. Let's fuck shit up. (laughs) Something that I do like that I think was done very well in terms of characterization is that Juliet kind of doubts herself to the point of her self-doubt being a non-starter for her. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Yeah, because in book three, by the time she actually starts to fucking get shit done, it's this mental block that she has where she's like, I don't know if I can do that because I've never tried. And then she tries it and gets it immediately, which is like, whatever. Cause she learns how to turn off her power in book three. And she like holds Kenji's hand or whatever. And they're besties. Uh, they're the best besties. Kenji gave her much needed reality checks throughout the entirety of the fucking series. And then no, literally <laughs> he was like giving her smacks upside the head. Like girl, think your shit through. Kenji was giving realness to her and she needed to hear it because at one point she still didn't listen to it she still didn't listen to it because he's just a silly goofy guy but Mm -hmm. Warner after in book three after she gets back from being with Warner or whatever Kenji's like are you fucking kidding me and Juliet goes whatever and he's like don't whatever me and then she's like whatever (laughs) and then he starts imitating her which is so funny I will say it was so fucked up that he told adam that she still liked him just to get adam to drag his sorry little self that's the the one fucked up thing that he did that was the only thing that he did that i was mad about that was kind of out of character for him honestly because kenji's always the one kenji is the one always serving realness especially after the talk that they had just had about her feelings and he's like i think you only had feelings for him because he could touch you and she's like uh okay that's that's kind of facts you're right and then no, goes, right? now I'm gonna go fuck it up for you <laughs> enjoy no because every groundbreaking Dude. discovery that Juliet made about herself it was because of Kenji being like you know it doesn't have to be that way or you know it could be that way literally the whole point of her being able to learn her powers was because of Kenji if Kenji wasn't gay they should have ended up together <laughs> <laughs> I don't even know if this is true or not because I know there's like three more books that we haven't read but There's- which, by the way, came out with a five-year gap in between them, which we can talk about. I don't know. Maybe we can. That would be more appropriate to discuss next Did time. Did they really? Yeah. That makes uh, sense because I felt like this was supposed to be a trilogy, but also it didn't end like a trilogy. No, right. It ended very open-ended. But I believe. Let's see. Ignite Me came out in I'm, I'm 2014, and Restore Me came out in 2018. Oh, okay. Yeah, it was a big gap. I'm gonna be honest though. These books all ended terribly. Like. Mm-hmm. You spent 95% of the book getting through just the character emotions and like, oh, how do I feel about this person? And then you have 5% of like actual plot happening and then boom, book's end. And you're like, what? But that wasn't even a good point. You're like, just started. Right. <laughs> and no, then it because- goes right back to whiny character. And I'm like, stop it. Book one, I was just waiting for something to happen. Literally. And they have like characters moving around and preparing for stuff to happen, but there's not actually things happening. Right. I do think Where's that this the is, plot? <laughs> this is a very character driven series that said, just because Warder, he takes a lot of action just as a mm-hmm. character himself, you know? And I don't think that Warner is a bad character. I just don't know if he's the best love interest I don't know we can talk about that do you want to talk about that yes I do because let's be real okay he's kind of like the Walmart version of Resand, except he's less well done and he's toxic the whole time okay <laughs> yeah no I think we should talk about this and we could also argue that Juliet is the Walmart version of Feyre because she wanted that chance to just kind of sit back and let things wash over her and then when she figures out that she needs to take a stand in order to find her place in the world that she belongs in, she then ends up rejecting the guy who just wanted this gentle, docile woman to kind of be a reprieve from his normal life, which makes Adam Adam, Walmart's (laughs) tailless. Which I guess would make Kenji Lucian. Yeah, this fits. This This fits. So basically, if you've read Akatar, you've read Shatter Me and vice versa. Yeah. Just just throw some X-Men in one of them. (laughs) Mental illness. (laughs) It's mental illness, isn't it? (laughs) (laughs) I feel like before we talk about Warner as a love interest, we need to talk about Adam. So Adam, he's this very nice young man. With gorgeous, stunning ocean blue eyes. (laughs) And brown curls. (laughs) The amount of times I describe his blue eyes in so many different ways. And it's like, girl, stop. 
We know they're blue. <laughs> right. Oh, my God. So Adam's very nice to Juliet at first, but then... You know, she does kind of make this discovery with the help of Warner and Kenji that she only fell for him because he was nice to her and he was the only person that could touch her. And it was kind of a default setting, a way that she settled for someone who didn't truly make her happy, but it was something that she felt like she had to go for nonetheless. No, I agree with that because he was essentially to her, her only option. Also, she had the idea of who he was because of what she had seen from their childhood of him. Mm -hmm. Which, I mean, it is accurate to a point, but it's not who he is. And they never really got to actually, like, talk and get to know each other. They just constantly were kind of moving around and waiting for that moment to be in a real relationship. Which was hilarious, because the second they actually got the chance, they were like, ha bye-bye, we're done. <laughs> and then Adam couldn't handle his man pride being broken. Well, that... But also, there's that whole thing where Juliet's like, I'm only leaving you to protect you, and I'm leaving you because I love you. If the genders were swapped, because that is such a common thing that men do in media, where it's like, oh, I'm leaving you because I love you. I'm leaving you to protect you. People would be so fucking mad. I don't know if people are mad about this, but I was, because it's this thing where it's like, you didn't even try to sit down and talk it out. Juliet left because it got hard. And she has this whole epiphany with Warner. She's like, oh, I don't feel like I have to be anything with Warner. I have to feel like I shield parts of myself around Adam. It's like, did you ever sit down and have that conversation with him? It's that classic miscommunication trope that appears time and time again in young adult novels, you know, where it's mm -hmm. like, you miscommunicate because you don't want to talk about it because it's too difficult to talk about. Yep. And then because they wanted to make Warner the only obvious love interest choice, they had to make Adam be the overprotective, possessive ex-boyfriend that couldn't take no for an answer. Which right? is so against the character that they kind of started for him at the beginning in the first book. I also thought his actions in book three were totally out of character. He literally told Juliet to go drop dead. Literally. And I was like, what the fuck? After being so upset that he thought she was dead. Mm -hmm. And then he goes, yeah, you should have just stayed dead. <laughs> and he's like, I was happier when I thought you were dead. And it's like, holy shit. Like, fuck, dude, just because she said, no, I actually don't want to be with you. And at like, that point, she wasn't fuck? even pursuing Warner as an option. She was like, listen, there's nothing between me and Warner, and I don't think there should be anything between you and me. Which I guess, like, it is a thing in real life when you think a guy is so nice and then you reject him once. And it, it doesn't even have to be over a big thing, but you reject him once and then he shows his true colors. But it kind of mm -hmm. sucks because, I don't know, I just feel like that's not the character that they were building up Adam to be. It wasn't. And I feel like that happens so often in young adult books with love triangles like this, where they build up one character to be so great and amazing in the first book and they make the other one seem so bad. And then they pull a complete flip of the switch and they don't follow the characters that they were developed as in the first book at all. And they kind of just brush off everything as excuses so it kind of fits. But in reality, if you're actually looking at it, it doesn't make sense. I absolutely think that the simulation room thing was mm. retcon bullshit. Mm. Yeah, 110%. I think it was just kind of a thing where she didn't really have the character arcs planned out all the way yet. Mm -hmm. And the simulation room was just kind of an afterthought. Because even Adam goes like, oh, I thought he told you it was a simulation room. And I thought you were crying because you like hurt the soldiers by busting through the wall what what literally also the fact that he's like you know i just wanted to get you to be better and use your power and like realize who you are and then he puts her through all this miserable crap and he's like what you were unhappy i'm so shocked when in book three we find out oh he can actually tell how people are feeling he can tell the emotions that people have he knows when they're being disloyal or hiding information from him or when they're feeling happy or guilty or sad or whatever and he's like oh you you didn't love me? You, you actually hated me? I'm so confused. He literally says, I can feel how much everyone hates me all the time. And then two chapters later, he's like, Juliet, I had no idea you hated me so much. What's right? the truth? Because at that point, when he kisses her, she had no feelings of affection or love towards him. And then she shot him and he's like, what? Why did that happen? <laughs> <laughs> he's like, that wasn't what I thought was going to happen when I kissed a girl without <laughs> consent. I didn't think I was going to get shot. What? 
what no but then he's like and i know you love me too even if he could perceive her emotions at that time she had no feelings of love or affection towards you Mm -hmm. in that moment and he did nothing to help her feel that way towards him if that's what he truly wanted no exactly i did like how they made him kind of a fashion icon (laughs) because Juliet was like oh no he really did just enjoy picking out my wardrobe for me he likes fashion no literally she walked into the closet and that whole description of just his closet and the setup for that had me dying of laughter and this man is a heterosexual I said it once, I'll say it again. Aaron Chanel boots Warner. Warner and Kenji? Is that what the next three books are about? I'll take it. (laughs) Kenji would whip that boy into shape and stop all of his mommy-daddy issues. He'd be like, "Mm, that's not appropriate behavior. Let's sit down and talk about this. (laughs) And then it's like the thing where it draws upon the bad home life trope to humanize the cold and heartless villain thing, which... I have read books before where they do it and it's good. Like they did it wonderfully in We Hunt the Flame and they did it wonderfully in Cruel Prince. I really liked it in The Cruel Prince at least. But I feel like Anderson was so much of an asshole and he wasn't developed enough as a character. He was very two-dimensional, if that makes sense. He was just like this gigantic asshole with no motivation except that he wanted money and power. And that's just falls so flat for me as an antagonist and it didn't really help to justify warner's position either no literally because they made warner out to be like a better villain than they made the father out to be and the only difference was that the father didn't have any sympathy with the actions that he was taking that was it i enjoyed warner as a character more so than adam because adam was just kind of there And Anderson was just kind of there. And Anderson came every now and then to fuck shit up and be like, I'm the big bad, ha ha ha. And then he gets shot or he shoots someone and then he leaves. And then Warner was just kind of left there to pick up the pieces and go through his redemption arc, you know? Anderson was literally such a coward because he was like, I'm the big bad wolf. And then he's like, let me go hide out in this cave for a hot minute. (laughs) And they did try and draw upon that as a vulnerability for him, where it's like he's a coward because he doesn't want to show his face. He's a coward because he's hiding in the shadows, reluctant to kind of take that step out as Juliet and Omega Point was doing. Yeah, the fact that he's never there for any of his battles and that they use that tactic against him. Mm -hmm. But it's not a very good vulnerability. It's really not. It was very much set as an easy end to his arc. Basically, the male protagonists are literally, there's no qualities other than being in love with the main character or like just having tragic backstory. That's it. That's their whole, that's their whole thing. No, exactly. Personality? We don't know her. Everyone is obsessed with Juliet and every single one of them, even the ones that only talk to her for like two seconds are like, wow, you're amazing and so pretty. And oh my God, what if you died? All the men are blushing, like even Winston. And then something that Warner makes Juliet do is like hurt someone with the name Jenkins, which I'm like, why would you name him after a butler? (laughs) That, I'm sorry. They were like, Jenkins, get over here. And I was like, (laughs) I was like, I'm sorry. (laughs) This is is a soldier. Because like, going to go on a brief tangent here. When you are making art, you have to consider the context that the audience has that will be consuming that art. Mm-hmm. For example, using the name Jenkins, I get that in that context, he is not a butler, but because the audience has the context of Jenkins being like such a butlery name, they're going to fucking laugh when you put mm-hmm. someone with the name Jenkins in a serious situation like that. Because mm-hmm. if the context that you intend for it is not the context that the audience gathers, then the audience's interpretation is correct because majority rules. And you have to consider the audience that you're writing for. Anyway, tangent is over. The, is this the, the book version of the audience is always right? Yes. The reader is always right? Well, I mean, the reader, the reader is always right because it's the cultural context in which the art form is consumed. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I just think that that's something important for artists to always be thinking about. Anyway, tangent over. Can we also talk about the fact that every single one of them treated Juliet like either with so much disdain like stay away from me you're dangerous you're a horrible human being or like she's absolutely perfectly normal because this is a girl who has literally no social capabilities she was trapped in a room isolation cell for three and a half years however long it was 
Two, and 267 days, I think, was it. She was in the insane asylum for less than a year. But she didn't know anything that had happened with the reestablishment, which was three years. Because she touched the toddler three years before right. the events Where of book she one. In between? I have no idea. Huh. They probably explained that because I think she was like yeah, going to a bunch of like it. doctors and stuff. But yeah, I. Yeah, there was that. And like she was locked up in her house for a while. Anyway, point mm-hmm. is she has no social abilities. Um, she absolutely has some Stockholm syndrome going on with Warner. Oh, absolutely. Um, absolutely. And everyone is still treating her like she's this perfectly normal girl that she's been in with them the whole time. Just and a like, well-adjusted member of society. Right. And like, while there is a point that you should kind of treat a person that way so that they don't feel isolated or different, you also have to take into account that they can't always react normally. And they get so mad at her when she doesn't. Mm -hmm. And it's like, dude, what do you expect her to do? No, exactly. Again, what I was building up to was Warner makes Juliet attack Jenkins. And in book three, he says that he did that to show his men that she's not to be fucked with. She is not their conquest, essentially, is the point that he's trying to make. Because he says, you have been locked up for so long that you don't recognize your beauty, which is like, oh, she doesn't know how beautiful she is. (laughs) (laughs) But also, it's like that thing where everyone's always blushing when they talk to her. And it's like, no girl is that pretty. Well, (laughs) I just feel like it's so fucking dramatic. It gets tired after a while because Winston's blushing. The fucking British guy's blushing. And then there are all these like girls that like are unaffected by it because I guess lesbians don't exist in this universe. Only Kenji. Also the also the <laughs> only Kenji. <laughs> also the fact that none of them seem to react to the other girls that are around them. Like that's da- okay. Damn. Case in point, this book series doesn't pass the fucking Vectal test. Mm-hmm. Like, oh my god, what I would give. It's like X-Men meets fucking divergent because then this 17-year-old girl. <laughs> Says that she. But it's somehow worse than both. <laughs> well, X Men isn't bad. Let's not say that like X Men is bad. But this seventeen-year-old girl that thinks that she's somehow fit to take over, literally the leader of a government position, just because she can make hard choices. You know who she else can make hard can't... choices? This girl can't even string together a coherent thought. I'm like literally, she can't even can like handle her own mental capabilities, and you want to hand her the entire government for her to rule over? Like you ask her what boyfriend to choose, and she's like, "Oh, this is so hard." <laughs> this girl can't even make decisions about boys. How can you expect her to make decisions about taxes? No, because the whole thing is, oh, Castle was too afraid to step on people's toes, and he didn't want to make anyone upset. He was too much of a people pleaser to lead a revolution. It's like, then what is Juliet? Because she didn't even want to tell Adam that Warner had touched her because she was afraid of making him upset. Right. And I get, I get that was book one. She's changed. She's changed so much by book three, but, but also it's been like a week. (laughs) She is a 17 year old girl that has now assumed the fucking commanding position in a government. And Castle, who is 27 years her senior, is like, you got moxie, kid. <laughs> and that's it. <laughs> I guess having confidence is enough to bullshit your way into any position in life, as Juliet has taught us. That's the moral of this story. Just be confident and opportunities will find you. Let's talk about some of the world building aspects. So I want to throw in one quick thing and then we'll talk about the thing I actually want to talk about. The first is the mention of Power Rangers and Bruce Lee, but no one except for the person who mentions it knows what they're talking about. When the reestablishment took over like what, three years ago? No one remembers anything. Okay, what do they know? What do they not know? It's been three years. No one forgets that much information. No, and because you like- can't tell me a group of teenagers doesn't know that basic amount of stuff. No, because especially if the first book came out in 2011, I don't know what year this takes place in. I don't think it ever says. It does But if they were like 19 in, I don't know, let's just say it takes place in 2019. Like I was 19 in 2019. I know what a fucking Power Ranger is. Like we grew up with all of that. Exactly. I, I, I understand maybe having Juliet not know 
because you know she was isolated from anything that existence but the rest of them not knowing power rangers was just like what the heck this doesn't make any sense no right and then there was a little bit of a literary circle jerk when they started talking about things that they read and juliet was like i read like only whatever people gave to me and then warner was like i read to determine which books to burn (laughs) (laughs) right and then he was like, I didn't understand what Shakespeare was talking about. So they're probably going to burn most of it. And it's like, okay. But in the same breath, he's like, he has themes that are surprisingly relevant to life today. And it's like, if you didn't understand what he was talking about, then why did why you did say you that? that? And also, right? why did you get the phrase, hell is empty and all the devils are here, tattooed in your pants? If you make me. <laughs> No, because, like, that is a hilarious tattoo to have above your penis, which is where he had it. <laughs> well, it wasn't, like, above his penis. It was, like, on, like, that, that little V line above, like, the, the thighs and the pubic region. Uh-huh. Hell is empty and all the devils are here. But he had to take off his pants to show it to her. And I think that is so fucking funny. <laughs> Honestly, might get that tattoo. <laughs> <laughs> I hope you do. <laughs> The other thing about the world building that really gets to me is the the powers that they have, right? So everyone pretty much makes sense, except for Juliet. So we have everybody that has one singular power. You have Adam, who basically like blocks or stops power. You mm-hmm. have Warner, who can take and use power. You have Castle, who's psychokinesis. Can't do his invisibility or camouflage. Mm-hmm. Um, you have the girls who are healers of the mind and body, et cetera, et cetera. It just goes on. Mm-hmm. But then you have Juliet, who has skin that is poison, and she has super strength, and she has some sort of super shield abilities with her skin. And not only that, so then they have this idea that you can project powers. So Kenji can make other people invisible or- Warner can take people's powers without touching them. Exactly. So that there's an expansion of their own power. And somehow Juliet's is being able to have an invisible hand of force that just like moves things around willy nilly. What is that? What- that doesn't correlate with what her powers are. They never have a scientific explanation for the mutations. That is true. And I feel like, th- but and then it, again, it's so this thing. overblown in a way that doesn't match with what, like there's no one thing that she has like everybody else has. Why is she so specially gifted with 13? Well, they try and play it off that like, oh, the closer people get to me, the more diluted the power is, which is why it's so hard for people to like touch my skin because it's just raw power. <laughs> It's like, okay, girly. I am wondering if the mutations is something that they're going to expand upon in the next three books. I really hope that they do. Because right now they're just kind of like walking around being X-Men and no one's talking about it. Exactly. And there's no explanation as to why some of them have this power and others don't or where the power came from. Anything like that. The world building is non-existent other than the two-minute explanation of the reestablishment taking over and they're wiping out all of language and writing. It's like, okay. Well, going into preconceived notions of this series, I went into this series not having the slightest fucking clue what it was about because Mm -hmm. it is a very popular series on TikTok. So of course I've been exposed to it being on BookTok and stuff. I feel like there was just so much of an opportunity to explore the settings that we were given that they just didn't go for, you know? Because we have this really weird hodgepodge of important buildings where things happen. First of all, the insane asylum functions very oddly. Mm -hmm. So I think that's a weird thing that they never really expounded upon. And they're like, oh, it's because of the reestablishment. But I feel like everything is just explained away because of the reestablishment, you know? Mm -hmm. And I think that's lazy. It's not a good explanation. It's like the reestablishment can't do everything. It might be a state-funded asylum, but still, why is it like that? Why do they treat people like that? My favorite part is the massive army that they have for the tiny amount of rebels that they have. I don't understand. (laughs) Why do you need so many? And And this is just one sector. That's not even all the sectors. Yeah, presumably there are at least... There are at least 44 44 more. So (laughs) probably more. What are they up to? Just taking out the head of one 
just how are the sectors divided right like what what determines the sector are they like the 50 states are we in kansas right now and then you have this area in the middle of the sectors that is just untainted and apparently people can actually live there because warner's mom lived there so are there other people out there right what i need more answers we went through three books and we have all of these questions so that not great world building and this could stand on its own as a trilogy because it did for four years before the next three came out. So I am just confused as to the greater scope of this because the world building especially makes it feel like it hopped on the 2010s sci-fi dystopian bandwagon without right. putting too much thought into it. It felt like a cash grab. It felt like no, an absolute cash grab. Because you have the, all the basic things that you need. You have a incredibly pretty main character with super incredible powers that is in need of protection and boys and you have a love triangle and you have a dystopian world where the sky is gray because you know clouds <laughs> and she's underfed and isolated from humanity and so she has to learn to like love again and trust people and like she's you know, it's just all of this. Um, all of the ingredients were there, but overall it fell flat. I don't know. That's just my opinion. That said about the world building and how it kind of felt flat in these three books that were supposed to be able to stand as a trilogy on their own. What are you hoping to see in the next three books? Because neither of us have ever read this. Uh, right. We only know what we know absorbed through osmosis of existing on social media. So what do you think? Um, I would like to see Juliet keep more backbone. She's doing great with that. I'd like to see it stand. I feel like, though, with the fact that we have three more books, they're going to bring back kind of that um, she's slightly insane prose. I'm like, please don't. <laughs> I know that's like the whole point of the way these books were written, but also I don't want it. <laughs> mm-hmm. Because I'm... I want to see her grow and be better. I want to see way more Kenji. I'd like of to course. see Kenji end up in a happy place. Um, please do not murder him. Please if they don't. murder the silly, goofy best friend, I'm going to cry. I feel like they're going to murder the little brother. James? Yeah. I don't I think they'd they... go for James. I think they'd go for Kenji because Kenji and James are so tight. Mm. I feel like they'd murder Kenji and then use James's reaction as emotional fuel. Either or, I feel like it's one of the two. If they murder Kenji, I'm crying homophobia. <laughs> From Warner, I'd like to see more growth in the love and trusting department and less toxic department and less like uh gaslight girl keep gate boss um, did you say girl keep gate boss what did i really do? I yes think I did. you did strike that from that the record <laughs> okay anyway i just really want to see him kind of do better and be less of a toxic love interest because everybody really loves him and I'm like on the edge of that I really need more to help me get there ignite me Warner (laughs) Adam I would like to see take a chill pill and find a different girl (laughs) no right I think Adam and Leah are gonna get together because it alluded to that Leah's like the little designer that Omega Point had and she was one of the survivors I would like to also see some talk about not just the boys who are fighting. Oh my God, right? I would like yeah. to see this packet the Bechtel test. I would also like to see Adam take a chill pill. I would like to see Adam, James, and Warner bonding as brothers. I don't know the length of time that happens between this book and the next book. It might pick up like immediately. I'm not sure. I would like to see more world building, a little bit of context mm-hmm. to the world that we're in now that we've had some time to marinate in it. Three books worth Absolutely. of time. Answer some of the questions we listed off, please. <laughs> no, literally, I hope some of those questions get answered. Something that I don't want to see, but I'm getting the feeling that we're going to because it's YA and we have three more books to get through. I think Warner and Juliet are going to have communication issues just I as they do. that because they're already having that. It's already a problem. I think it's just going to get worse. And it's only not so bad right now because they're having sex all the time. I don't think I can go through a whole, we didn't communicate and now we're in a big fight and there's a whole breakup and like, I can't go through that. Girl, I almost guarantee it's going to happen. I know it's going to, because that's the whole thing. But like, also, can't they just like do well? Can we just have drama elsewhere? You know that we can't have nice things. I know we I don't know why you would ask. (laughs) It's not possible. It's not. Why not? It's just not possible. (laughs) Just don't ask questions. (laughs) 
What else? All I know is these books just read like a 12-year-old Wattpad writer uh, that did not plan out the story and they were just trying to just drag emotions out from the readers as cheaply as possible with the most basic tropes. And I feel like that's what the next three books are going to be as well. And you know what? I still eat it up. <laughs> and with prose so incomprehensible that you just have to take their word for it. Like anyway. It's, it's, it's so not well done that it is so good. I love it. <laughs> no, but because like I if, hate it. If Juliet wasn't insane, this wouldn't even be a little bit readable. Mm-hmm. No, exactly. And with that, I think we have to move on to ratings because you ended it on such a severe note. <laughs> I don't even know how to top that. (laughs) (laughs) It's facts, though. Doesn't it read that way? Yeah, you're right. Is it just me? No, no, you're right. Um, Um, Let me grab my phone for calculating purposes. Honor, let's rate this book. Let's refresh everybody on the rubric that we're using now. Would you like to read it off? So our rubric is plot, character, prose, world building, and vibes. Each gets a rating out of five points. And... We tally it up from there for our final score. Now, this is only for the first three books in the Shatter Me series. This does not include the two short stories, and it does not include the last three books. Shall we begin? Let's begin. Plot. Was there any? Barely. (laughs) I'm rating the plot like a three. There was some stuff going on while all the emotions were happening, but... In reality, it didn't happen until the very end of each book, mm-hmm. which frankly was my favorite part. So characters, Kenji gets a whole star just for himself. So true. <laughs> so true. Otherwise, the characters are fun. They're quirky. They're so melodramatic. Four stars. The prose, I feel like, is fitting for what she wanted to achieve. Like, she did achieve what she wanted. However, it's also not well done in the idea that it just kind of stops halfway through each book. So we're going to give 3.75. World building. Where was she? Nowhere. One star. (laughs) Stone cold. Oh, my God. Vibes? You know what? I enjoyed it. 4.25. All right. Uh, Divided Uh, by five. You have rated Shatter Me. 3.2 stars. That sounds right. (laughs) Doesn't that track? I'm still like between the I don't like this, but also I kind of love it. And so that's right around that area. No. Yeah. I think that's totally fair assessment. Plot, two stars. It wasn't really driving. It wasn't super interesting. Things just kind of happened. And Juliet was very reactionary to them. She wasn't really making things happen until the last book, which is why plot two stars. I can't say if I was reading this, it would have been a page turner. It was hardly a play button, you know? (laughs) (laughs) That's funny. I feel like you really have to just have an affection for the characters to read. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. Which brings me to characters. I'm going to give characters a solid four stars. I enjoyed Warner. I enjoyed Kenji. Juliet wasn't horrible. No one was entirely unbearable. Even Adam, when he started to be a dick, I was like, oh my God. He said, drop dead. And I was like, (gasps) (laughs) you're like, that's juicy. (laughs) I was like, oh my God. But uh, for that reason, I give character a four. Mm -hmm. The melodrama's there with the characters. Mm -hmm. Prose, another two. It made sense for the world that it was in, but it was not for me. There was no follow through on the idea that the prose was trying to follow. Exactly. For that reason, I give a two. For world building, another two. Oh, okay. I don't think it is one star worthy. I do think that there was a lot that it was lacking. That said- Where's any explanation for what is happening and why it's happening and how it's happening? They tried a little bit- That's my point. (laughs) They tried a little bit- They said, said, don't look behind the curtain. The curtain is the answer. (laughs) No, right. The curtain was the two seconds they discussed the reestablishment in, in the first book. And that kind of set the foundation for the rest of the book, but it wasn't enough. They gave it a shot, but it wasn't enough. For that reason, world building gets a two. Then going off straight vibes, I'm going to give vibes three stars. I don't think they were terrible. I could get down with it if I had to. Wasn't exceptional. Like we said, very much 2010s dystopian sci-fi vibes. Felt like a cash grab, but I didn't hate it all the time. So three stars for vibes. Honor, what's my score? 
your score is a lovely 2.6 stars. 2.6 <laughs> for the first that half is, of Shatter Me? That is our lowest rating yet. Seriously. I think so, yeah. <laughs> Lower than Fallen? <laughs> what was your score for Fallen? Fallen had to be like two stars. <laughs> Fallen had to be down there. It, I think this scored higher than Fallen. to Fallen. Yeah. Well, this, it's very close. If, I would if rate this above Fallen for reference. Okay. Uh, but <laughs> well, I am glad place, yeah. this was going to go back to back with Fallen. I don't <laughs> think I could have done it. I heard all the rampaging from Fallen and I was like, Bestie, do you need a break? <laughs> I was like, I need an author I know I'm going to enjoy. And then we did Marie Lou. Shatter Me was a risk that I took. Can't say I was a fan. And that's okay. It wasn't even a risk you took. I was like, look, we're doing this. And you were like, fine. <laughs> no, literally. It was a risk that you made me take. And I said, okay. Which I think was also Fallen. So That was also that. Anyway, thank you to... KendraHope.x from Spotify. Sorry that I rated your suggestion so low. That's on me. But you know what? You get a whole two episodes. You get a that's whole exciting. two episodes, KendraHope.x. The next one will be better. Chloe Maybe. can get herself back in shape. Thank you to KendraHope.x again. And thank you for listening. Hey. We upload episodes bi-weekly. That is every other week, not twice a week. Because for Chloe, that's too much reading. It's too much reading for me. Can't do it. Can't do it. I'm I'm a very busy woman. <laughs> it's you and I haven't got all day. <laughs> <laughs> I have nothing. <laughs> you have oboe. Follow uh, us on our other social media. We have an Instagram, a TikTok, a YouTube that we have been neglecting uploads for, but we'll get around to it. I swear. So sorry, anybody that listens through YouTube. Uh, not even that you know, because you don't have this episode to hear me say sorry. And if you do, <laughs> by the time you have this episode and you hear that, we won't be sorry anymore because you'll be listening. Exactly. And we'll be uploading. Um, Give us a follow and a like. (laughs) You can also drop suggestions on our social medias. And if you're listening to this on Spotify, you can also drop suggestions there. We really appreciate it. Because this episode was a suggestion. From Spotify. Hey! 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 Thank you so much for listening. That is a wrap. Queen. Uh Bye-bye. That was great, that was great.